Why, hello. Happy election day to my American friends. Right, guys? Remember four years ago? When I woke up and I thought, yeah, first female president. I'm so pumped. And then I checked Twitter at like five o'clock in the morning and then I found out that Donald Trump, Donald Trump was going to be the next president of the United States. And it like wasn't this crazy dreamscape. It was like a, it was like a living, breathing nightmare. And we just kind of thought, oh, okay, like, well, how bad could it get? And then it got really, really bad. And then there was like this virus and then it just, I just don't even know anymore. I'm just, I feel so terrible watching you guys go through all of this terrible bullshit. And I just want something good to happen. And maybe today, or, you know, whenever the votes actually finally get counted, something good will happen. There'll be a brown female vice president. And yeah, another old white guy run the show. Whatever, whatever. Look forward, okay? Look, this is progress. And I just want to spend the rest of my early to mid-40s watching Kamala Harris get on and off planes. I just, I have such a fucking crush on her. I just, she bounces and she looks strong. She's got a strut. She's confident. And yesterday, okay, I don't want you guys to get overly excited. But yesterday she sent out a tweet thanking the USPS, United States Postal Service, just in case you're Canadian and you're not a mailman or a, you know, loser. Anyway, she thanked the USPS. I'm going to choke on that. And that is clearly a signal to me saying, hey, I love you. Like, let's get married. Clearly. Okay, I'm going to make a podcast recommendation now. And you're going to think, well, how do those two things go together? Allow me. I think Dr. Jess recommended, and I keep saying doctor. I'm going to keep saying Dr. Jess because she's a listener to the show and she's a doctor. And it's not because I think it kind of like elevates me at all. It's kind of like a proud parent moment, even though I don't really like, you know, know her or I didn't raise her or I can't really take credit for any of her accomplishments. I just feel proud of her as an individual in a parental kind of way. You know, like I, sh I should ask my mom if she ever feel. Oh, yeah, she's never uh, been proud, I guess. Of her kid. Well, maybe. You know what? You're right. I better not ask. I don't want to <laughs> open up that. <clears throat> okay. Anyway, I think it was Dr. Jess that recommended this pants podcast. And if you're a lesbian, you know who fucking Leisha Haley is. And you know who Kate, I can't pronounce her last, Mo Maining? Moaning? Maining? Look, okay? <laughs> I'm going to keep my fucking Canadian accent over here. You pronounce it however the fuck you want. Shane, okay? Shane with her weird scarecrow hair from the fucking early 2000s. Anyway, one of the best podcasts I've heard in a long time was the episode of Pants. It's called Pants. It's Leisha Haley and Kate uh, Perfect Nipples. And they're just best friends in real life. And they just talk and they have guests on and stuff. It's very enjoyable. And they had Tegan and Sarah on. And Tegan and Sarah and Kate all crushes Kamala Harris. It's, it's hard not to. I don't know anything about her political shit except she was against Prop 8. And she did a lot of stuff. I'm sure she's done bad stuff. Calm the fuck down, okay? I just don't have room for that in my brain right now. Enjoy the Pants podcast. It's very good. It was a lot of fun to listen to. And I actually LOL'd. LOL. You know what I'm saying? That almost never happens for me. So I enjoyed that. You should enjoy it too. So there's a virus. I don't know if you guys are aware. I really think you should make yourselves aware of it. It's kind of important. It's crazy how much in six months things have changed. It was happy-go-lucky, just general 
you know, depression. And then it was like, oh, hey, we're all going to die. And then it was like, oh, look, things are turning a corner. I feel great. And then it's like, oh, really, Manitoba? Really? I think our positivity rate in Winnipeg, Manitoba is 9.9%. The personal care homes are being absolutely ravaged. And it's terrifying. It's just fucked up. I mean, I try to just like put my blinders on because I don't have a choice. I am essential. By essential, I mean I have to deliver like dildos and stuff, which is essential. Okay. And the other day I delivered a a drum set to someone and an ottoman. Look, order what you want. I will deliver whatever the fuck you order and I will be happy to do so. But I find those things frustrating because they say things like team lift. Like, oh, okay, sure. Uh, I'm by myself. All right. Well, that's okay. I'm a team. I'm a team of one. And look, strong back, weak mind. This is what I'm born and bred for. Okay. Generations back of strong, stubborn, mean-spirited women. All in my DNA. Having said that, COVID sucks. I'm really sorry. I know this isn't a competition. I'm just nervous, but I'm also forced to go into the world every day and face it head on and do my best to be a good citizen. Even though if I am on your ring camera and you ordered a fucking ottoman, I might have I might have swore a tiny bit under my breath while I hauled that thing up your fucking stairs. Just a teeny bit. Like hopefully not loud enough to get fired, but just a smidge, okay? Having said that, in Manitoba, we have this color-coded system, and we moved from yellow or orange, which is cautionary, to red, which is, we fucked! And what that means is, uh, we're fucked. Uh, we can't, they're, they're thinking about uh, putting in a curfew. They really want people to limit contacts, which is really easy for me. I really have no friends and no want or desire to meet up or talk with anyone outside of my immediate family and my mom and my one sister and my niece. So that's pretty easy to do. And the other thing that they've changed is if members of the family are symptomatic and they're being tested, everyone in the household needs to stay home, which made total sense to me. And I didn't understand why when my kids got swabbed, because I was asymptomatic, they they didn't find my test mandatory. They didn't make my test mandatory. And I was able to go out and function in society, which is strange to me because had any of them been positive, I would have potentially been positive and spreading my asymptomatic germs, which could kill people all over the city, even though I didn't really go anywhere. But still, it didn't make sense. So I'm glad that they've changed that because it only makes sense. Yada, yada, yada. Okay, thanks for listening. That's it. Just kidding. No, it's not. I got one more story to tell you. It's very exciting. Oh, before I do that, while we're still on the COVID subject... Malcolm had his follow-up with the allergist. Once a year, he gets to get blood work and see where his allergies are. His egg allergies are still very high. He's allergic to white and yolk. But, very exciting, his cashew and pistachio numbers were almost low enough to challenge. So maybe, just maybe, in six months we can challenge. And they've also started oral immunotherapy in Manitoba, which they hadn't last year, which basically means they give you a tiny, tiny bit of your allergen daily, and slowly you progress into getting more and more of it until you can handle either an accidental ingestion without, you know, fucking dying. Or a lot of kids will outgrow the allergy completely. So I'm really hoping we get to try that. That would be very exciting for us. And the allergist also suggested that Malcolm start his steroid puffer again once in the morning, once at night to kind of toughen up his lungs a bit. Because he said, of course, even kids with asthma 
will be hit with COVID. And he said they have a lot more complications than the average kid, which is the same for adults, I'd assume. So that is also new. And I don't know, it's kind of like, yeah, I'm glad I didn't feel like I was overreacting because he confirmed that there was a reason to overreact. But also, uh, it's a little bit scary because I just, scary. I just hope we just don't get it. Okay. I think we're all hoping that, aren't we? I could use a case of the Biden, though. I could use a case of Joe Biden, and I could use a case of that fucking mongoloid idiot. Can you say mongoloid anymore? I don't know if you can say that. I'm just going to leave it out there just in case, okay? Because I'm not racist anymore for the next, like, 15 minutes. I just want Trump to lose so badly and he must be losing they must know he's losing because they're trying all these dirty shitty tactics to like get votes thrown out so that must mean they know they're gonna fucking lose and he's gonna get smashed right i was so sure hillary was gonna win i was so sure so i'm just gonna shut the fuck up. okay i've got a story for you spoiler alert i'm not dead okay i'm here clearly so this is <laughs> gonna be a pretty boring story ah <sighs> i feel kind of ashamed telling you this, but let's use it as a PSA. Let's use my stupidity as information that you will have already known and been aware of. And I want you to know just how many times I have kicked myself over this situation. And if you know me at all, you know I was raised Catholic. I am currently recovering Catholic, and I have a lot of shame. I just feel so much shame about so many things. So I want you to know I feel ashamed of this story. Okay, I drive the same path every day, twice a day, five days a week, like most of you, I would imagine. And in my daily commute, there are train tracks. And more often than not, I get fucked at these tracks. And it's not like a short train, it's like a seven-minute train, which doesn't justify what I'm about to tell you in any way. But know that maybe I was motivated by time, because I'm a mailman at heart. And I don't know why, but seven minutes seems so fucking long sometimes. You wear it like, what I mean? When you got a shit and there's a train, you know it's going to be a fucking seven-minute train. It's going to have like three engines. And you're going to wonder why things still move by train and why they're doing it at rush hour. It's 2020. You know? It's fine. It's fine. So I'm driving along. I'm minding my own business. I'm heading over the hill that the tracks are on. And at the crest of the hill, the very top, where I have to make my choice, where I want to sit in the car, do I want to sit, you know, in safety at the bottom of the hill? Or do I want to get up higher on that hill and just see what the fuck is going on, you know? Is there a car in front of me? Isn't there? I don't know. I'm going to find out. So, of course, I make the bastard choice. I go to the top of the hill. I see that there's one vehicle ahead of me. And I'm like, oh, and it's in motion. Great. It's going to go to the bottom of the hill. I am going to also go to the bottom of the hill safely over the tracks. And I won't get stuck by a train. Right. Okay. That was my goal. Okay. It's good to have goals. I can only assume the car immediately behind me, like immediately behind me, had the same goal. No one wants to get stuck at this fucking train, right? Okay, so when I looked initially, crossed the tracks, great, everybody's moving. All right, and now I feel this feeling. You know that feeling of, like, impending doom? Like, you can feel 
the breath of death kind of like on the back of your neck, kind of like just like a little tingle, just a little. So I got the heebie-jeebs and then I proceeded to look to my left. Okay, in the distance is a big light. You know, like the kind of light that would be on the fucking front of a train. Okay, now I'm in a rather precarious position here, aren't I? And then I thought, I've got lots of time. Sitting there, okay, the people in front of me, they're just going to turn any fucking second now. Any second now, they're just going to turn, and then I can move up and get off the tracks. Okay, that, uh, that train light's getting bigger and bigger. Because, you know, trains move fast, you know, on account of how that's what they're designed to do. Okay, still on the tracks. All right, no one's moving. And then I just start very gently honking my horn. Like, can someone, can you guys just like fucking move? Like, could you maybe go for a right turn instead of a left turn so like people behind you don't die? Listen, I am telling you, I know, you know, obviously, the entire world knows, never, ever, 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 wait on the tracks. Ever. There's no fucking reason to ever do that. I know that. You know that. The test that I wrote to get my learner's driver's permit knew that. And I answered that question correctly on the test. But where am I? <laughs> I am on the tracks. There is a train coming. Now, if a train is traveling at 50 kilometers an hour and there's a fat, dumb lesbian sitting on the tracks... How long does it take to travel those five kilometers? The answer to that, my friend, is uh, not long at all, okay? Great, cars in front of me are not moving. There's a guy right on my back bumper. I cannot fucking move. I am sandwiched in there. And now the railway arms have come down and they're starting to like go the ding, 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 ding. Look, I like to think that I am the kind of person that can handle pressure. I like to think I can, I can move quickly. I'm good at handling chaos. I have fucking kids that want to kill each other at every fucking second of the day. I should have cat-like reflexes. Think under pressure. What happened? <laughs> Those arms went down. The bells start ringing. The guy behind me, because I'm still sandwiched in there, and the train is coming. It is coming remarkably fast, and my brain is doing nothing. It is doing nothing. The guy behind me, now he cuts me off from behind and drives into oncoming traffic to get out of the way of the train. And initially I thought, hey, wait a minute, you can do that? Like, just go into oncoming traffic to avoid the train? Oh, well, well, good for you, I guess. That took a few seconds to think. And then I looked over and the train's getting real big now. Okay, it's real big. I'm stuck on the tracks and I don't really know what to do. And these are the seconds where you're like, you know, if you saw this story on the news, you'd think, well, why didn't you just like do anything? Like, just... Anything would have been better than sitting there waiting for that train to hit. Anything at all. And at that point, I looked over again and that train was huge and I didn't know what to do. So I did. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just look back at this and I can see it's like I'm watching myself in the car having zero reaction to my impending death. I was just like, okay, I guess I'm just going to get hit by a train then. And something happened. I don't know what. And it wasn't the best choice, but it was a choice, goddammit. I put it in reverse and my lizard brain took over and I gunned it. 
I reversed into the railway arm, took it completely off. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, then I guess that's fine. And the train went across the tracks and I had maybe somewhere between, I can't even really tell, like two and four feet between myself and the train, considering I backed up and smashed the uh, railway arm in front of a lot of people. I'm sh it might even be on YouTube if you Google or search uh, lesbian uh, idiot on train tracks. It's railway arm. Or they could have said dumpy mom stuck on railway tracks uh, reverses into railway arm. Okay? Now I know what you're thinking. I don't know what you're thinking. I know what I'm thinking. I'm thinking about telling you not to ever uh, wait on the railway tracks on account of how you could die. Okay? Everything's fine. I just, everything went blank and I, I didn't know what to do. And I am exactly the kind of person who would be like, well, fuck, why didn't you, uh, you know, do a three-point turn and get off the tracks? And I agree. Or never go on the tracks in the first place. Or reverse horizontally, you know, so I would be perpendicular with the train would have been another good choice. But I didn't. I, I just... Uh, I went brute force and I took the fucking <laughs> railway arm completely off. And then I got out of the car as the train was passing by because I realized I wasn't going to die anymore at that point. Thumbs up for me. And uh, I picked up the railway arm and I tucked it to the side so that no one would have to run over it. And then the lady behind me in a minivan, also a mom, Solidarity, I'm assuming she was in a minivan, also in a hoodie and no light behind her eyes whatsoever. And she's like, are you okay? And I just looked at her and I'm like, shrugged my shoulders. I'm like, yeah. I wasn't okay. I was really shooken up. It was like, I almost died. Like what a fucking stupid reason to die. That's okay. I mean, it'll be fine. It was really, and then I get home and I tell Sarah, Sarah the story. Oh, I should say, before I get too far away from the situation, there was an emergency number on a sign. So I called it and I, I told them I, I completely tore down the sign and I talked to a young man who informed me incorrectly that I didn't have to worry about paying for it. He didn't need my license number. As long as I'm not on the tracks and I'm safe and I'm fine, they don't care. And I said, well, what about the arm? Like I hit it and I completely took it off like they didn't it didn't shatter into a thousand pieces I think it's designed to just kind of fall off intact and then maybe it's a couple bolts I don't know I'm not a fucking train conductor like what the fuck do I know anyway I called him he's like yeah don't worry about it don't worry about it he took my name and number and then 15 minutes later I get a call from a constable which is what we call police people railway constable I don't I don't know I don't know his title and he's like oh so you're calling to report somebody hitting a railway arm and I said no he's like you're not a witness I'm like no I I hit it oh you hit it and I said yeah I turned myself in that guy didn't listen to me I told him four different times I hit that thing oh okay well you're gonna need to make a police report great awesome I fucking love how I always get the idiot on the phone who never knows what he's talking about I just don't know why that keeps happening to me I'm sure I deserve it I'm sure I do yeah, so that's my first at-fault accident in like 25 years, I'm going to say. So I guess that's kind of an accomplishment of sorts. I didn't die and I popped my at-fault accident cherry. Okay. Yep, so there's that. I'm alive. Like I said, way to bury the lead because I'm here to tell the story. 
And I get home and I tell Sarah all about it. I was really frazzled because like when it first happened, I was just kind of like on adrenaline. And the more time I had to think about it, I realized like all the different choices I could have made to avoid that scenario that I just didn't make. And I just ran out of time. Like as soon as that guy went out from behind me into oncoming traffic, I just kind of got stunned. Well, if I was thinking clearly, there were so many other choices, but I just kind of sat there for a second like, oh, you can do that. I didn't know you could like sit in oncoming traffic and then, and then I'm just sitting there thinking that. And then the other few seconds I wasted just donkey eating grass scenarios playing in my brain. Like, hello, you're going to die. No, I just, I was just cool. I was just going to sit there. Just going to hang out for a couple seconds on the railway tracks while that train is traveling uh, right at me at uh, enormous speed. Yeah. Okay. My point being, tell Sarah this story. She said, well, worst case scenario, you could have gotten out of the car. Guess what? Never fucking occurred to me. It never, ever occurred to me to get out of the car. I was just going to fucking die, I guess. Like, like that's just basic knowledge. Get out of the car. Never, ever crossed my mind. I don't know why. It just never, ever came to me to do that. Ever. Yep. And that's the story about the time I almost... Killed myself for no fucking reason at all. Yep. Okay. All right. So thank you so much for having me today. I hope I taught you a lesson that you probably already knew. Because what fucking idiot waits to cross a street on top of railway tracks? This idiot. That's who. Oh, I just pointed at myself with my own thumb. I'm also the idiot uh, who cuts uh, just about down to the bone while peeling cantaloupe. My thumb just hurts so bad. I can like feel my heartbeat in my cut and now I have to go and deliver God knows what today. Maybe a mini fridge. It's been a while since I delivered a fridge. Hot water tank maybe. What do you think? Look, let's face facts. I'm happy to have a job and on top of that I'm lucky to have one that I actually like doing. I mean don't ask me from now until like the middle of January. But honestly, I love my job. I'm really lucky to have it. Ottomans be damned. I'll deliver fucking four of them, if need be, strapped to my back in the dark. Oh, the time change. Why do we fucking do this? Ugh. Nothing like watching the sunset when you still got like three hours of work to do. Fuck, I hate that. Can we just stop it? Like, fuck. Terrible torture device. Jesus Christ, why do farmers need that? I don't understand. Like, tractors run by fucking GPS now. Literally, you can put a four-year-old in there and it'll just fucking drive itself. I want it lighter in the evening. Who cares if you drive to work in the dark? No one. No one cares. God, I fucking hate people. Speaking of hating people, listen. I have a Mr. Rogers quote I want to share with myself and also with you. Because I struggle sometimes. I'm not the savior of the fucking universe. Clearly, I can't even fucking save myself. But I will make myself feel shitty about friendships or relationships or times gone by. And I got to give myself a fucking break, okay? I can't be everything to all people all the time. It's impossible. And nobody expects that of me. Why do I put that burden on myself? So I'm going to share with you a quote that I read on Twitter from Mr. Rogers. Arguably one of the greatest men of all time. Okay? Hold on. I have a very terrible reading voice, so I hope you really appreciate that I know that. Here we go. Mutually caring relationships require kindness and patience, tolerance, optimism, joy in the other's achievements, confidence in oneself, and the ability to give without undue thought of gain. We need to accept the fact that it's not in the power of any human being 
to provide all these things all the time. For any of us, mutually caring relationships will also always include some measure of unkindness and impatience, intolerance, pessimism, envy, self-doubt, and disappointment. Thank you. I really needed to hear that. I just, it clicked with me and it made me feel better because I carry around a lot of shit on my back and in my soul and I don't have to. I can't control other people. I can't control how other people perceive me and I hope to God they just keep how they really feel about me behind my back. It's just better that way. It's easier. It's kinder. Okay. Thank you so very much. I hope you guys have a great week. I hope the right old white man gets elected and I hope you guys hear the results very soon. And if not, come on over. Come up here. You're all welcome. We need more awesome lesbians up here. And the occasional dude, whoever is listening to this, and listen, if you live in a small little shitty podunk town and you're listening to this, you too have the potential to have a boring, mundane, non-impactful life such as myself. You can have a wife who tolerates you and maybe deep down loves you and you love her and you can have kids and you can live in a fucking house without a picket fence because they're against codes or something. I don't know. It can happen, okay? And you, 15, 16, 18-year-old you, you are why I do this show. Because if you're looking out into the universe for a nobody, I can be that nobody for you. Okay, because when I was 16, all I wanted in the world is to see someone like me having the life that I wanted. And I didn't, I haven't ever wanted a massive life. I just wanted a normal, average life. And now I'm living it. I'm as average slash below average as the world can be. And it's possible for you too. So hang in there, 16-year-old gay girl. You too can be boring and average. I promise. It can happen. Okay. All right. Change of address pod at gmail.com if you need me. Facebook, Twitter, if you want to donate. Because not only am I doing this show for a teenage homo in Nowheresville, I'm also doing it for all of the accolades and cash money. Right. Change of address.podbean.com if you want to throw me a dollar. Totally up to you. No pressure. I, uh, it's not, not a big deal. We all need some prayer candles. If you believe in that kind of thing. Okay, that's about it for me. Thank you so much for listening. Okay, thoughts and prayers, my friends. Thoughts and prayers. Okay, love you, mean it. Okay, bye. Okay, bye, 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 bye. Bye.
that there's no game. 